As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey there, y'all. Today we are talking to one of my friends who is a dentist. And the more and more I seek to do interviews with people, I realize that I don't even have to look outside of my circle. I travel with some heat. I got doctor friends, dentist friends, all kind of friends. Sometimes I feel like an underachiever, but... mm. I digress. Anyway, today we're talking to my friend Corinne, who is a um, dentist and is going to give us all kinds of. Now, listen, this is, what I, this is what I like about our podcast. We're not just talking about teeth, we're talking about teeth of women over 40, us, okay? There's time when I want to know about my kids' teeth and um, if they fall out because he didn't hit his mouth climbing on something. Is it going to grow back in? Was that one of his permanent teeth? But yeah, 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 yeah. Sometime I need to know about them. But today, talking about my teeth, your teeth. All right. So sit back and enjoy talking about teeth. Where? In the middle. Here we go. Okay. So I'm just going to jump right into some questions and there is probably a more strategic way to build up to this question, but I know this is one of the number one questions that everybody wants to know. Why are my teeth yellow and what can I do about it? <laughs> I think that that's a really good question. Um, tooth shade happens to be genetic. So if you have, um, and you can look at your family members, Um, Genetics plays a really uh, big role in tooth coloring. Um, So one of the other things that happens is as we become vintage, um, our enamel starts to weaken and become thin. And so the layer begins to show, which is a little bit yellow. Um, The next common thing with... uh, the darkening or shade coloring of teeth is what we eat. Um, If you're a coffee drinker, if you are a tea drinker, you are going to have some staining going on. Is that because of the temperature or because of caffeine in the coffee and tea? It's really the coloring agent. It's really the colors. So, you know, coffee is a dark beverage and so are most teas and, you know, you can get that discoloration because of what you're consuming. Even like dark dark fruits, uh, blueberries, blackberries, all of those can stain your teeth and create some discoloration. Wow. So even our fruit. So what should we then do? Like, you know, I've been told that like blueberries, like a superfood. So if I continue to eat blueberries, what should I then do following eating the blueberry? I think one of the most important things is, you know, just making sure that you're rinsing your mouth out first, just plain old water. 
Mm -hmm. Um, that will help minimize some of the staining and also it will keep your teeth hydrated as well. So just making sure that you're rinsing. Um, one of the things that we do say is after you finish eating, wait 30 minutes before you brush your teeth because the acidity that has, um, you know, come from, you know, dissolving your food, eating your food can also weaken your enamel. So you just want to make sure that you're waiting 30 minutes after you've consumed anything to brush your teeth. Okay. Insert mind blown emoji. I have never heard that in all of my life. I'm mm -hmm. supposed to wait 30 minutes after eating before brushing my teeth. Yes. Oh, wow. It just helps to minimize the weakening of the enamel. Oh, okay. Wow. Let me move on because I'm just mind blown right there. Um, so this is the age of like Corona and we have revisited hand washing and it seems like it's hand washing 101 and I'm in healthcare and I have to admit, I'm like, hmm, I haven't been washing my hands like that. So yes. <laughs> I think it's a great time to revisit toothbrushing 101. Okay. Is there a pattern, a time limit? How should I be brushing my teeth? Okay. The first and foremost thing that I want to tell, you know, anyone is make sure that you are always using a soft bristled toothbrush. Like you just, you just keep messing me up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know we all grew up on a hard or a medium toothbrush, but I always tell my patients hard medium tooth br bristled brushes are used to clean the grout in the bathroom. Wow. <laughs> so you want to always make sure that you're using a soft toothbrush. Um, the next thing is I would just recommend soft, gentle circles. Um, just brushing in a circle, it, number one, it slows you down because when you brush fast, you also brush hard, which can damage your enamel. So soft, gentle circles, which will just kind of help brush and remove any plaque away from the teeth. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, if you are not a manual toothbrush person, an electric toothbrush is good. Mm -hmm. Whatever you feel comfortable. The issue with the electric toothbrush is those bristles are a little bit harder because they are already they already move and oscillate. So you do not have to brush with your electric toothbrush. You just move it from tooth to tooth. And you just let it do the work. Gotcha. So you're saying that sometimes this operator error where we try to do double the work. We Right, right. Mm -hmm. You've already invested in your electric toothbrush. Let your toothbrush do the work. Gotcha. Okay. Good information. Well, let me go throw my toothbrush away today and <laughs> go get a soft one. You know, I typically don't use hard, but I do typically opt for the medium. Mm -hmm. But you're saying soft overall is better. Soft toothbrush. All yes. right. Okay. Um, flossing. Is it really necessary? How often in these new inventions of floss sticks? Are those just as good as old school string? What do you think? Um, yes. Flossing is a major part of oral health care. So there is no way of getting around it. You have to floss. Um, one of the things that I love traditional floss, um, 
I love floss that has wax on it just because my contacts, my teeth are so close together, they're really tight. It just makes it easier to go in between the teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a floss stick person, I do not have a problem with that. Whatever it is that's going to allow you to floss consistently, do it. Gotcha. Um, I also recommend if you're not a flosser, you don't like floss sticks, then you need to get a water flosser or it's also known as a water pick. And that's the name brand, but a water flosser is what they're commonly known as. Okay. That's a good recommendation. So you don't have to manually do it, but the water itself kind of helps get in between those teeth. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool. All right. So here's another pressing question. What causes bad breath? I get that question all of the time. Um, There are a number of reasons that bad breath can come. Number one is just poor dental hygiene. Um, You're not doing, uh, you're not brushing your teeth properly. You're not flossing consistently. That would be one of the number one causes of it. Um, I would also say um, as we become older and more vintage, we have a tendency to have dry mouth. When your mouth is dry, it just makes it easy for the bacteria in your mouth to to go just out of control and cause um, that bad breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also say, you know, um, there's some medical conditions out there that lend itself to um, bad breath. If you have um, allergies, if you are a chronic, you have chronic sinus drainage, you are going to always have um, some type of bad breath. And that's, you know, through no fault of our own. If you live in Texas, you have some type of allergy going on. Right. Wow. Um, Yeah. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's hard to get around it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes some patients with diabetes have um, chronic bad breath, you know, due to uh, gum disease or periodontal disease. Gotcha. Interesting. So what would be some of your um, top recommendations to, um, number one, monitor bad breath because how can I know I have it before someone else finds out, please? And then secondly, um, <laughs> what would I do to treat it? Um, you know, I will have to tell you, some of your loved ones will just tell you that you have bad breath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can always, you know, break down and do the blow in your hand and try to smell your breath. Those are awesome things. But, you know, one of the other things is if you have a bad taste in your mouth, sometimes that can be an indicator that you, you've you got bad breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the major thing is making sure that you are getting your dental appointments in, getting your uh, cleanings done, um, it, you know, professionally done at least twice a year, um, evaluating whether you have gum disease is a big thing um, because even gum disease or periodontal disease can cause bad breath. Gotcha. So I heard you mention in that particular response that we should be visiting our dentist just for regular appointments twice a year. Exactly. Exactly. At least twice a year. Um, If you have been diagnosed with gum disease or periodontal disease, you may need to come more frequently until those um, symptoms uh, are taken care of or, you know, uh, managed properly. Okay, great. So, you know, I'm a healthcare worker and I work primarily with geriatrics as an occupational therapist. And I see some patients that have a full set of teeth at like 80, 
But then I see another resident that is 65, 70, and just grill gone. So what has been the difference between those two different, um, those particular people? I think um, just in in my own personal experience, um, just dental IQ, you know, where you place value on your teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some individuals who, if they have a tooth that's hurting or bothering them, rather than fix it, they will say, you know what, I'd like to have this removed. Um, Then you have other individuals who value the care of their teeth. And I think that just all plays into um, access to dental health um, and what they were what they learned or how they grew up, um, the importance of teeth and teeth uh, care. Um, I will also say that genetics does play a part in that. Um, Typically, if uh, a person has a minimal tooth decay or a history of minimal minimal tooth decay in their family, more likely those individuals will not have uh, many dental problems. Mm -hmm. Whereas Vice versa, you have a family member that every time they turn around, they're having some type of dental issue. Sometimes you can see a pattern in families. Gotcha. So a little bit of, I like the way you said, the value of the care of your teeth. So lifestyle and genetics both play a role in that. Absolutely. Okay. So I can't blame it all on my mom if my teeth fall out, right? (laughs) But just speaking of um, age, and I hear you you use the word vintage a lot. Is that your personal word or is that a word that you use in dentistry? You know, that, that I mean, I think that as we age, we have so much value. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we have to really understand that there's value as we age, you know, regardless of what kind of problems or complaints that we have. We have lots of value. And I just always like to refer to um, anyone that tells me they feel old. I was like, you're not old, you're vintage. (laughs) got value. I love it. So speaking of us, as we um, refine and as we describe ourselves as vintage, there are some normal changes um, that we see in our bodies. And so what are some of those changes that we can expect and how do we minimize um, those effects of aging? Okay. I think one of the biggest things um, for women as we um, become more mature is that we experience um, hormone changes. Mm-hmm. Um, Your menopausal, perimenopausal, we're having a lot of different changes with our hormones. And I don't think that that is something that we really consider in affecting our oral health. As um, our hormones change, as the estrogen in our bodies decreases, um, we end up getting drier in a lot of places. And one of the places that we do get dry, we get dry mouth. And as um, our mouth starts to dry, we start to have issues with uh, tooth decay, where we weren't getting cavities, inflammation with the gum tissue, sensitivity, even some of our tastes change. Mm-hmm. So, and so all of those things are because we're experiencing changes all over it. But those are things that um, we start to notice um, as we 
become more vintage. Right. And so other than just the regular lifelong routine of brushing at least twice a day, flossing once a day, are there any other things that I can add for a healthy um, oral regimen? I would also recommend, and I know you, our, our doctors tell us, our medical professionals tell us all the time, drink water. Mm-hmm. When we, um, you know, start to experience that dryness, we will reach for anything, but I think water is going to be the best tool to help um, really kind of help control some of the symptoms that are going along with that. Okay. And just, I would just say, make sure you're drinking water. I know we're all into bottled water. Um, but making sure that you're getting some fluoride in most of our tap water, which I know people do not like tap water, has a little bit of fluoridation in there. And that fluoride is in there designed to help strengthen in the enamel. Hmm. So you're saying maybe just like if we drink tap water, do more like a filtered and still drink it from the tap from time Absolutely. to time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. See, you just throwing me all through a loop today, Corinne. And I'm sorry. I just want to I want y'all to be full of information. All right, let me stick my lip back in because I'm pouting about that tap water thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, more and more, I'm seeing adults that have braces, and so yeah. I'm just wondering what is causing, or you know, why what what would bring an adult after years of not having braces to then go um get those done? I think it's a variety of reasons. Um. I think one of the biggest things is just um, appearance and just wanting to have um, those straight teeth that maybe you couldn't get as a a child or when you were younger. Um, And possibly just, you know, as we become vintage, we have a little bit more discretionary income. (laughs) Got my paper up since I got like a whole job these days, right? Right, right. And just wanting to um, get those taken care of. The other thing is, um, as we do age, um, you know, if we didn't have access to to dental care, you had to remove a tooth. And when you start to lose teeth, teeth start to shift and get out of position. And you want to correct that or you want to... um, overcome those type of challenges, people will do that. And braces is a wonderful way to uh, overcome spacing and tooth loss. Okay. And so speaking of braces, do the Invisalign braces work just as well as what I call like the old school braces? I, you know, I, when I think about Invisalign, I think of correcting, um, misaligned teeth, teeth that are out of uh, alignment. And a Invisalign is a great way to correct that. I think that when we talk about the Invisalign or the clear liners um, versus the standard brackets, they do two different things. They both line up, but I think that the old school um, braces help to correct a lot of um, I guess overcome like the skeletal uh, changes mm-hmm. that are misalignment. I know that's probably a lot, but they both straighten teeth, which is what our ultimate goal is. Um, 
and I think they work pretty well. Okay. I think I did in my in my practice, and I've been really happy with some with with all of the results. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So I would also like to know. This is kind of going away from the actual just like care of your teeth, but just like insurances. So mm-hmm. when you are looking at a dental plan, what are some things that say, okay, this is a good dental plan? What are some things you want to see that your insurance covers? Um, okay, so insurances to me are just a tricky tool in any dental practice. Um, from a consumer's point of view, I would always say, you want to make sure that you're able to get your uh, preventive care done, meaning your x-rays, your cleaning. Um, you want to make sure that uh, you can get fillings, um, crowns if you need to, or root canals. You want to make sure that it covers that. Um, and that brings us into what we call HMO versus mm-hmm. PPO. And those PPOs are the preferred preferred provider organization where you can uh, visit any number of um, dentists with your insurance. So you can just take it from dentist to dentist. Whereas the um, HMO, which is a health maintenance organization, you have specific dentists that you have to go to. So you, you know, you have to chew in a, a choose and a PPO is going to be a little bit more expensive, but you mm-hmm. have more choice and it's probably going to be less, but you're going to be limited to the provider. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for that clarification. That was really good. And so just, you know, you have, you very clear, concise and thorough. And so you've given us a lot of information in a relatively short time. So what I want to do is just open up the floor for just any pearls of wisdom wrap up that you would encourage and just um, give some information to the women in our vintage era of life on just, you know, maintaining our oral hygiene. Uh, I think the first thing that I would just recommend is just make sure that you're staying on top of your appointments with your dental professional. Um, I think it at our um, in our age range, we have so many other individuals and people that we have to uh, look out for. We're actually in that sandwich generation right now where we're still taking care of our kids. But now we really need to be concerned about our parents. And then we start to put so many other people ahead of what our needs are. But if we break down, if we start to have dental pain and discomfort, mm-hmm. then we're not going to be our best. So just making sure on top of your oral health care, getting those appointments in, not skipping them, um, and making sure you're taking care of those teeth. Because um, as we become more vintage, we do become more prone right. to getting them. And you know what? I'm so sorry to jump all the way back to where I started. You see what's on my mind. I don't know if <laughs> I asked you the question of what would you recommend for whitening over the counter versus professional? Um, I think that that's a great question. I, um, there's so many different ways that you can do whitening. If you want to do it in the office or if you want to do it over the counter, over the counter, you have so many different um, products to use from the strips to the toothpaste. The issue is that when you're doing it over the counter, the percentage of whitening is going to be less. So 
it's going to take you a little bit longer to achieve that white look or whiter look of tooth teeth in um, if you do it in mm -hmm. the office. Um, I also recommend if you're using a whitening toothpaste, if you're using um, the strips, if you start to notice sensitivity, that is your clue to stop. You want to make sure that you have a chance to um, get that sensitivity to go away. And so I would just recommend don't use a whitening toothpaste okay. every single Does day. Does old school baking soda work? Old school baking soda does work, but the issue with that is that you've got some abrasiveness there and the chronic use of that can cause sensitivity. And again, I always just say if you're having some hot cold sensitivity, then you need to ease up on that, meaning maybe instead of doing it every day, okay. maybe do it every other day. Well, even though you have thrown my oral hygiene on its head, I have to go throw away my toothbrush, um, my baking soda, <laughs> and make sure that at my lunch break, which is only 30 minutes, I find a way to come back after that to come back and brush. I, okay, I don't know. I'll figure it out. But while I think about that, I want okay. you just to tell um, our listeners where they can find you on social media and your practice. Okay. Um, my office name is Pearson Family Dentistry. We are actually located in Red Oak, Texas, which is just a suburb of Dallas towards the south. Um, we do have a Facebook page, Pearson Family Dentistry. You can find us on Facebook. We have a website, which is www.pearsonfamilydentistry.com. Wasn't that some good, practical, clear information? I mean, I'm trying to keep my teeth for as long as I can. And the information that Corinne gave was going to help us do just that. And so listen, next week we are talking about running. Have you ever wanted to get back out there and hit that pavement? Have you ever said there's no way in the world that I could run one mile, let alone a marathon? Y'all, let's talk about it. Let's talk about is running safe? Is it recommended? Is it even possible for me and these knees? Um, I can't wait for you to talk to uh, one of my friends, Tish, one of my best friends, who is a running coach. And um, But for today, we're going to wrap up with reminding you to go sign up for the email list. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to sign up for the um, Facebook community. And most importantly, make sure to share, share, share. Hey, ladies, I love you. And remember, getting older with style and grace, we know it ain't easy. But you know what? We can do it. So why not us? And why not you? And then most importantly of all, you can choose to make this day a great one. Have a good one. See you next week.